stuff all the time. It's six minutes past 12. My name is Pumi Mashiko and you're listening to Woman Dam. And today, I, so I don't know how long a person can still say compliments for. Because this is a thing. I've always grown up. I don't know if you know this. My guest today in the studio is Bronwyn Middendorp and she is a trainer. It's it. When I looked it up, <laughs> trainer, But she's actually a recommendation of a friend of a friend of a friend. She runs a, a, a site called Future Design, but also it's Kinesiology. Kinesiology. No one of these words. They're big words for people <laughs> like me. We just come from the township. But I love the fact that it's called Future Design. In case you've already dropped all your New Year's resolutions, it is not too late. It's only the second Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> of the year Is it the second Wednesday of the year? Yes It's only the second Wednesday of the year And actually the holidays are actually only truly over today Because today is the first day of school up here in Gauteng So I think the holidays, we can now say that the holidays are truly over We're talking about the things that uh, you've probably dropped already Weight loss And I'm going to tell you what brought this topic on in just a few minutes But you can catch, you can get in tune with us on Twitter on Instagram, on Facebook, on WeChat, you know the drill by now at cliffcentral.com and at pumemashiko01. Bronwyn, what's your Twitter? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, your mic's live, you're on. Pumi, you caught me unawares there, but it is Bronwyn, it is Bronwyn Middendorp and, um, my, uh, face, we've got Facebook for future redesign as well. Fantastic. So, Bronwyn. I'm going to get this one out of the way because actually I forgot to ask you a little bit earlier. And because I'm, because I'm one of those girls that is a bit of a fan in life, just under general. Middendorp is your married name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it the Middendorp or is it just another Middendorp somewhere out there <laughs> in the ether? <laughs> Are you asking if my husband's Ernst Middendorp? <laughs> Is that the question? If that's the question, the answer is yes. <laughs> so that's cool. You're married to a soccer coach. Exactly. It is. Well, I think it's cool too. And you're a bit of a life coach, actually. Yes. There is actually quite a lot of life coaching in, in the work that I do. Kinesiology is actually a holistic therapy, um, but it does involve a lot of interaction with the client because the whole of kinesiology is built on um, self-responsibility. So it's taking responsibility for ourselves. So the kinesiologist is more like a facilitator who helps a person sort of get on track. It's not so much of we heal you. you know, it, it, it doesn't really work like that. It's we're facilitators who help clients get back to their own self-healing. So it's a very empowering modality, which is what I absolutely love about it. And so there can be that element of, of life coaching in it. Definitely. Which is what Wubantla is all about. And the, the reason I called you and said, oh, I really need to talk to you. But also the reason I thought I, I'd share this um, with with my personal friends <laughs> <laughs> that listen to this show is on Monday, a very unfortunate thing happened to me. I was at the Woolworths, supposed to be buying school shoes, a whole other story for a whole other day. And I happened to see this absolutely magnificent jumpsuit. Mm. Not unsimilar to the one that Palisa is wearing today. And I was like, oh, love this thing. And 
took it off the shelf and and it's always been my thing walking into the, I try never to fit things on in the in the store but like this is a jumpsuit a jumpsuit like, so you that's have to different try it on. you Must. can't just take it home right no. and I was like okay I'm going to try this on but it's so awesome <laughs> And I already hate change rooms in any store, in any department store. I think it's illegal to see yourself from so many different angles. And with that harsh lighting. That awful light and it's right above you and you see your bum and it's just no one should ever see some, some, some <laughs> versions of yourself you should never see. And, and you can't unsee them. And there I was trying this thing on. And I had the most horrendous experience of having to make the decision of whether I'm going to ask the sales assistant to get me a bigger size or if I'm just going to like swallow hard and put it away <laughs> and go home and do something about my weight because I was confronted with the fact that I think my weight is now no, no longer what my best weight should be. Hmm. And that's why I called you because I don't believe in diets. I don't even own a scale. Yes. Because you run a workshop. Yes. About Tell me a little bit about that workshop and how it works. Yes. Well, you know, with my kinesiology background, what we know is that usually the things that we're struggling with in life have a story behind them. So often weight gain and weight problems are sort of oversimplified to you're eating more calories than you burn. But really, in our experience, there's so much more to it than that. We don't just eat more than is healthy for us because we've got no self-control. Normally, it's a way of coping. It's actually a coping mechanism that we develop when we go through a hard time and we don't have other resources to help us. And then sometimes we just get stuck in that rut and we just stick with this very comforting uh, way of dealing with things. I mean, we all know the comfort of a hard day and a delicious meal and, you know. And a big glass of wine. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Food is one of the many things that we use to comfort ourselves along with wine, along with smoking, along with TV. Along with sleeping Along with loads of different things Which is probably why Almost at the top of everyone's New Year's resolution Is lose weight Yes Because we've just come out of a summer holiday Yes we've been either <laughs> at the beach Or at your mother's house But predominantly vegging and eating Exactly Vegging out and eating <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I was doing I don't know. Yeah, no, me too, me too. I, I, I think there's a chorus of, and so say all of us, we, you know, we, we, we can relate to that. I think but, most of us. But when I was, when I was, why I've never wanted to do diets is because I think I'm horrendous at it. I hate the idea of not being able to eat whatever mm. I want whenever I want. Um, but also because I'm just fearful that I will then become my mother. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what that means, but for me, I think essentially you're on the right track with all, a all the women. All the women are on a diet. Suddenly I'm an older woman. Oh. <laughs> no, actually, very frighteningly, there are very, very young children who actually want to start dieting. This uh, concept about being obsessed with one's body and how one should look and not feeling good enough and feeling there's weight to be lost is starting younger and younger and younger. And we're hearing stories and seeing it in children that are extremely young. So it's it's not a phenomenon with older women at all. But you're right to be very um, uh, skeptical about the whole concept of a diet because diets are actually spectacularly unsuccessful. I mean, the statistics range from 85% failure rate to 95% failure rate. <laughs> 
and <laughs> and the I'm Department of Education has <laughs> that kind of failure rate. The national crisis, exactly, <laughs> and, and yet everybody diets. Exactly, it's amazing to me that something with such a spectacular failure rate persists with its popularity. But unfortunately, there's that aspect of our human nature where we want a quick fix. We just want a quick fix, and the diet promises a quick fix. The problem is, though, that diets do quite a bit of damage to our bodies in general. You know, cutting out major food groups is never really a healthy option. And the different, some of these diets are really, really extreme. It can be very hard on our bodies and quite hard to recover from them. So we end up doing more damage than good. And people who are perennial dieters and diet all the time, all the time, definitely experience the physical side effects of that and the way it confuses their metabolism. So it's really well, you, you, you know, you're doing well to steer away from this whole concept of dieting. I think towards the end of, of 2014, is it the end? No, kind of middle of 2014. I mean, I, I just remember hearing people going, no thanks, I'm banting. And I didn't know what the hell. Yes. <laughs> Banting was for a long time And it was all the people I knew from Cape Town Who were like all banting yes. And then there was a banting restaurant And I just saw a sign now about banting buddies And and I just When I first read about that And I thought oh, You don't get to eat bread <laughs> <laughs> What? No bread, mm, that's out I mean cauliflower I know, like cauliflower mash mm, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but Seriously And, and the the fads come and go. I can yes. remember Aitkins. I can remember yes. cabbage soup diet. I yes. Can remember. So there, there's lots and lots of yes. But how do you, with the work that you do, yes, break that cycle then? So we look at the whole weight gain issue from the deeper perspective. If I can put it to you like this, we all have um, an emotional garden. I'd love to claim that this. Creative imagery was my own, but unfortunately it isn't. But I know how to take a ball and run with it, and I love this concept. So unfortunately what happens is sometimes we don't want to do the emotional gardening required to keep our garden looking beautiful and to keep us feeling good. And weeds grow and things get overgrown and out of control and it becomes too hard. And so then we think, you know, I'm just going, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing a muffin or a piece of cake won't fix. And we sort of avoid dealing with our sort of deeper emotional stuff. And it can sound a little bit scary because we don't really live in a world where we engage with our feelings in a very real way often. You know, it's like when I ask you, how are you? I don't really want to know about the dramas of your life. Do you know what I mean? Most people ask, how are you? Fully expecting the answer of, I'm fine. And if they get a lot more detail than that, you know, you can watch them sort of drift off. Do you know? Their eyes glaze over. Yes, their eyes glaze over. This is too much info. So when we look after ourselves and we nurture ourselves, uh, the need to overeat disappears of its own accord. So our work focuses on really self-nurturing and loving yourself now, where you are now, because so often we get stuck in this, oh, I'm not good enough the way I am right now. So when I've lost five kilograms, then I'm going to start really going for my career the, the way I want to. Or when I lose 20 kilograms, I'm going to accept my boyfriend's proposal because I don't want to be a fat bride. Do you know what I mean? And so we, <laughs> we put off our life until we reach this magic 
goal weight, whatever it is. But in the meanwhile, life is happening. So what we're really working towards and encouraging women to do is to start expanding the idea of beauty to include oneself. You know, our, our, our sort of media definition of beauty is very, very limited and very restricted and would exclude most of us. So I'd like women to sort of start embracing the idea that they're beautiful really the way they are and to see their beauty and to get in touch with their beauty and to feel their beauty. And, I mean, we were in Germany uh, last year and we were in this hotel having breakfast and this lady walked in who I'm sure was a good size 14, but she felt beautiful and she exuded beauty. The whole room sort of noticed her. And it proved to me that beauty is not so much about the size you are, but how you feel about yourself. And so it's really about loving yourself where you are now, working with who you are, working with your strengths, instead of beating ourselves up to a pulp over what we can't do, rather doing what we can. And just... um Setting ourselves, instead of this, I've got to lose 20 kilograms in five minutes sort of expectation, more the idea of making a lifestyle change. So this isn't a diet that I'm going to go on for a month or two months or whatever. This is the, I'm going to change the way I live my life and I'm going to change the way I look after myself and I'm going to change the way I nurture myself and I don't have to get it all right by next week, Wednesday, and I don't have to get it all right by next month. I can make gradual improvements in the choices that I make, and that's a good thing. And I'm going to build on that and progress at my own pace in, and, and and take that journey, you know, where it takes me, my own journey. So that's what we encourage. And and how, how, do, how does one start that journey? So if... If today as I listen to you and I'm going, I'm clear in my mind that something must change. I'm not sure what it is yes. <laughs> yet. Yes. So how do I go about defining what it is? Well, what we do in our courses, we've got different processes. And one of the things to sort of devote some thought about is what happened immediately prior to when I started putting on weight. Was there some trauma in my life or a series of traumas or something difficult that I was struggling to deal with? We lose sight of it because we get so stuck on beating ourselves Is up. It's always trauma, though. Can't it be a, 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 just a, a change? It doesn't necessarily have to be a traumatic change. And I ask you this because for a very long time, all my life, when, when growing up a young little Zulu girl, the, the definition for us of joy and happiness was growth. Yes. So if you're a chubby baby, yes. it's a happy baby. Yes, this and, is and great. And if you're in Guazulu, yes. when people see you and you look well, you know, people, you look well when you've got girth. When, you, when you're when a bigger girl, people, look, you've, been, <laughs> you've been fed well, you know, <laughs> you're being looked after. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, this actually brings me to the second point, which is what do we think about ourselves? What do we think about weight? What do we think about food? And examine these sort of beliefs that do so uh, have such an influence on our reality. So if you grow up in a culture where a, a curvaceous woman is a very beautiful thing, and frankly, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, 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 it's another beautiful definition of beauty. A woman who's curvaceous can look as beautiful as a woman who's very slim. So you just can't be in a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, you may have to right rule out now. jumpsuits, exactly. <laughs> but you want to examine what do you think about weight? Do you know what I mean? So for example, one of the things we ask women to write is like to finish the sentence. Slim people are. 
Now, if you have a deep-seated belief that slim people are arrogant, vain, nasty, selfish, if that's actually your belief, what are the chances of you wanting to be one? So often our, our beliefs and our thoughts, and we have a lot of beliefs and a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings about food and weight. It's a very emotional, uh, subject for us. So when we examine them, we see, gosh, you know, I hadn't realized that I feel so strongly about it, you know, and so we work quite a lot with what's behind the weight. Why are we eating like this? When did it start? What was going on? And to have a little bit of compassion for ourselves, because usually when women are more over, you know, way more than they want to or think they should, they're very, very hard on themselves. We get out that old birch rod and start clapping ourselves relentlessly that we're not good enough. So it's really about having more compassion, more understanding. That this isn't because I'm, you know, fat and lazy and undisciplined and can't say no to a snicker. There's actually something much deeper going on here. And let's have a little bit of compassion and explore that and resolve that so that we can move forward instead of, I mean, just to give you an example, women who have gastric bypass surgery very often develop another addiction, either to alcohol, to pills, something like that, because the food is fulfilling a need. And with them not being able to fulfill that need with food, they start to fulfill it with something else. So we examine what it, what is the need that's being met there and how could that need be met in a healthier way. And again, it's not something that you have to all get right today. You know, this is about a journey. It's about a process. It's about a, a discovering yourself and what works for you and how this all started and how you want to move forward and what do you think and what beliefs serve you and what beliefs don't. So I would encourage women to start from a point of, you know, looking in the mirror and finding that part of yourself that is beautiful. <laughs> and how much of it? Because we're girls. Our hormones rate. <laughs> Especially sometimes more than others. Sometimes more than others. But, but also, as I've been growing, I've been learning about myself that my hormones from when I haven't, I don't think I've changed how I eat. Yes. Over the past 25 years. Yes. And yet I don't have the body I had when I was 25. Yes. How much of a role does the hormonal change that women go through play in in that kind of weight loss, weight gain as well? Well, look, you know, it's, it's a little unrealistic of a lady who's in her 30s or 40s who's had a child or children to compare herself to the 16-year-old walking along Platenburg Bay Beach. You know, a, a woman's body grows and changes and, and there are changes according to these life events like having children and like hormonal changes. But we've really got to be careful not to get stuck on that as an excuse. You know, it's like, oh, I'm putting on weight. It's because I'm over 40 and my hormones, you know, have changed. And so, you know, this is it. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an oversimplification and that it does play a role, but Often we just, it's a belief, another one of these beliefs that we have and that then shapes our reality of, oh, it's my hormones. You know, I'm over 40, everyone over 40 gains, where, oh, there it is. May as well tuck into that lemon meringue pie. You know, it's, there's, it's my, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But. And Bronwyn, so what happens in your two day course? Well, in the course, we really explore the, you know, 
kinesiology as a holistic therapy literally addresses a human being from a mental, emotional, and a physical point of view. Because that, you know, this, this is who we are. We're not just our bodies. We're not just our feelings. We're not just our thoughts. We're a combination of all of these. So the course is actually, um, broken down into the mental, physical, and emotional aspects of weight gain. So, for example, on, on the physical side, there's certain things in our physical environment that change the way we eat. So, for example, there are, Areas where we may go, where we're prone to making poor food choices. You know, the checkout aisle at the supermarket is, you know, a prime suspect. You know, there's again, big culprit, <laughs> the snake when you're waiting to, yes. to, to pay and there's like every kind of chocolate and chocolate And it's calling your name. Yeah. So if we sort of prepared for these like, um, physical environmental factors, you know, they've done studies that people will finish all of the food on their plate. So if the plate is big or if the plate is small, we will eat what's on it. So there's certain ways we can adapt our environment to support us. It doesn't all have to be about uh, white-knuckling it and discipline. You know, we can actually set ourselves up for success in our physical environment. It is looking at the way we think about food and weight and health and wellness. And, of course, then there's the emotional aspect, which is, you know, what are the feelings? How do I feel about myself? How do I feel about food? And what are the feelings that I might just be burying under the food that I'm eating? And how can I how can I honor those needs in a different way? So we're kind of tackling it in a really holistic way. Broadwin. One of the things that you also do yes. um, at Future Redefi- Redesign is um, stress yes. management. Yes, yes. And, and, and again, similar to the weight loss, the way yes. you deal with weight loss. Yes. Just because, again, all the, the top things on everybody's to-do list for 2015, yes. my yes. resolutions, is Handle my stress. Handle yes. my business. Be on top of it. Yes. <laughs> this is something that I'm really, really passionate about. I absolutely love the stress uh, course. Basically, basically, um, it deals also quite a lot with self-confidence. Nobody really wants to say I'm going to a self-confidence course, so we do so. <laughs> I've got self-confidence issues. It's not a, it's not a, you know, a statement people want to make. So. But it doesn't also sound grown up. It, it doesn't sound I'm great. living my life grown up here. <laughs> exactly. But we do deal quite a lot with self-confidence because most of us are confident in certain areas of our life. Maybe we're confident in our parenting or confident in our career or confident no in our- confident in their parenting. <laughs> Well, you see, really, I, I'm not a parent, so of course you can understand how that slip sure would happen. I, I just want to make sure I'm not missing the boat on that one. Okay, no let's just put really it out confident. there. Okay, so no one's <laughs> confident there, but there's an opportunity for a show, obviously. But we're confident in certain areas of our life and not confident in others. And that's when we're not feeling that that confident about something, it starts to impact the decisions that we make. So we start perhaps saying yes to more things than we really would like to because we feel we have to prove ourselves, but thereby losing control because we now have so many things that we have to deal with and there are only 24 hours. Exactly. So then the stress escalates and then, you know, we start really feeling like we're on the back foot and then doing more things to compensate for it. So the stress course is based a lot 
on on self confidence and on setting boundaries and on honoring yourself. You know, we live in a society where when you look after yourself it's perceived to be selfish instead of, you know, self honoring. You know, it's it's all about doing things for everybody else. But really, um, when we look after ourselves, then our cup overflows and we have more to give to everybody else. So it really is about looking after oneself. And one so that is a powerful statement. Hmm. Like looking after yourself, then your cup overflows so you can look after more people. That's amazing. Yes, because often the, the approach that people have, and I see this a lot in my kinesiology practice, is let me be all things to all people and then hope there's something left for me of myself. And sadly, often there isn't. You know, And when we get to that place where we're sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel of our energy and thinking, you know, who am I and what am I doing and do I even like myself and what, what am I doing with my life? You know, that's when we start realizing the importance of honoring our needs, listening to ourselves, nurturing ourselves, you know, whether it's some creative pursuit. It's important to take the time to do these things. I was speaking to a gentleman who'd had a stroke eight years ago and who's made a fantastic recovery, but he's now he, un, unable to do what he did before. He's now pursuing creative interests that um, he's reinventing himself, but in touch with his creativity and he said himself if he had pursued these creative interests of his earlier and had a more balanced approach to his life he may not have had that stroke it might not have got to that his stress and his whole lifestyle could have been shaped quite differently so we promote that we promote a more balanced approach to life that really does focus also on looking after yourself and not as a selfish exercise but as a self-honoring exercise are they quick wins Today. You know, um, I think, I think this is a journey as well. All of this is a journey. I'm a baby step person. You know, if you ask me to climb Kilimanjaro tomorrow, I'm not going to do it. But if you ask me to walk around the block three times, you know that I can do. So <laughs> I think when we make little baby steps and we, we see things improving, it's motivating. We make more steps. And it's a bit like a kaleidoscope. When you just turn it a tiny bit, the whole picture changes. So when we do make these small changes and we start feeling good and then we make more, you know, decisions that are in alignment with where we want to go, slowly the, the whole thing starts to turn around. Is it instant? No. Does it require some work? Yes. Um, and you know, it, but it, it, it is worth it. And, this is, as I say, why I love kinesiology, because it's empowering. And this is about self-empowerment and redesigning one's future so that one is heading towards where one wants to be and not just sort of on a hamster wheel every day I'm hustling, you know. There's yeah. there's a direction and a purpose, and, and one has some tools to get there because it's all very well wanting to do certain things with our lives, but sometimes we don't know where to start. We can't see the wood for the trees. So having some good practical tools that can be used every day. So I've, I, I've never, I've only ever just read kinesiology or, you know, and you, you're kinesiologist <laughs> and it, it all sounds amazing. Yes. But what to expect? Like for a person like me who's never done it. Yes. Well, actually, kinesiology is very pro in the marketing department. So let me tell you, when I say to someone I'm a kinesiologist and they go, oh, that's fantastic. I almost get suspicious because the standard response is a glazed look. <laughs> so, so what do you do? So what, what really distinguishes kinesiology from other holistic modalities is that 
we use something called muscle monitoring to access the innate intelligence of the body. Yes. So we test different muscles, and depending on whether we get a strong response or a weak response, it guides us in our communication with the person's neurology. So, in fact, it is, it's tailor-made to the client. What we do is we have a, a toolbox of tools, and there are different types of kinesiology, some that focus more on the mental, the physical, or the emotional. Proper tools, like instruments. Oh, no, no. More, <laughs> more like, um, for example, we, we're a very good combination of Eastern and Western techniques. So, for example, we might massage an acupressure point that we take from the Chinese meridian system, you know, whereas they might, you know, an acupressure, uh, acupuncturist might put a needle in, we massage the points. So there's uh, different non-invasive techniques that we use to assist our clients according to exactly what their neurology is telling us to do. So I, I consider myself quite an obedient practitioner. When a client is sitting talking to me and, and explaining to me what they're struggling with, I don't have to work it out in my mind because their body and their neurology is a source of infinite intelligence for what is right for them. And all I have to do is to listen to what their neurology is telling me and do what I'm told. I, I don't work it out. You know, they, we actually know what is best for us deep, deep down. We really do. Our whole story is recorded in ourselves. So, the beauty and, and the magnificence of kinesiology is that we have a way to access that information and to work with the client from there. Basically, we believe that the human being is a self-healing, um, uh, how, how can I say, it? we're self-healing. But often when we have big stresses in our life, it creates blocks in that system. So we work with restoring that so people can get back to healing themselves. <laughs> Does it take long? <laughs> well, does it does it take long in terms of you know when you say I'm going on a diet or I'm changing whatever to have less stress, I'm changing jobs to have less stress. Yes, it, it seems immediate. Yes, or you have a a time period. It says it's six weeks that you have to do this yes. in order to attain this. Does it? it does it take long? You know, for me, it took me a long time to realize that we all go at our own pace. You know, I used to attach my own value as a therapist to the speed with which the person made changes. And I realized that actually I was not honoring my clients with that approach. Sometimes we just, we're at that place where we are so ready to change. It's just point me in the right direction and I'm off. And we'll all just hold onto our hats and watch you speed. <laughs> yeah. And then at other times, it's like, oh, I'm just going to take a step and catch my breath. And then I'll take another step and catch my breath again. So it really just depends where we are in life. you know. And I felt it myself. In certain areas of my life, there'll be something I know I have to do something about. And sometimes I'm all over it in five seconds. And other times, we have to build up to it. So it's very individual according to, to the client. You know, I've had clients after one session flying out the door saying, you know, this has done more for me than four years of therapy. And then I've had other clients where it's a more committed journey. And you know, what I can say is this, the longer something's been a problem, probably the longer it's going to take to undo. If you've had 20 years of some issue in the making, it's a little unrealistic to expect it to be resolved in an hour. Not to say it's not possible, but it's it's probably going to take a bit longer. Whereas something that's been an, an element uh, or a struggle you know, for days or weeks or months that probably is going to be a lot quicker to resolve. And that's why I say the sort of emotional gardening, if we keep on 
onto it and we keep um, nurturing our gardens and taking out the weeds as they come, uh, it's a lot easier to maintain. But when we ignore things and they get overgrown and, you know, you've got to go in there with a, you know, a chainsaw, it's, it's harder. So it just depends where a person is, but the results can be amazing and fast, but it can also, ta- you know, just to manage people's expectations, it can also be a, a slower journey. So on your site, when I was when I was reading up, and, and again because you you were a referral from a referral from a referral, and because I'm, I'm taking everybody along with me on this journey, <laughs> actually the jumpsuit <laughs> train. I, I I did. I had a moment, and it, it was like a flash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I so I I like all of the stuff yes. that I'm hearing. Yes, but I'm kind of going sure. Sounds like work, eh? You know what? Sounds just like work. For me, it is. It is. I'm sorry to say. That's it nice. is. And that's that's <laughs> really why we sort of, there is a certain challenge in marketing our course because, as I say, we want that quick fix. Doing the work, it sounds hard and it can be hard. Um. Personally, I believe a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So, you know, we have a lot of fun and a lot of laughter and, you know, you've got to have some levity in life. Otherwise, it's just, it's too hard. Is it too hard? No. Is, is it hard? Yes. You know, to take a long, hard look at yourself, it does take courage and it does take, sometimes you have to steal yourself for it because we spend our lives dodging who we really are. We are so distracted. I've got to go to work. I've got to go shopping. I must do this. I must do that. Onto Facebook, onto Pinterest. Do this, do that, do this, do that. We are dodging who we are left, right, and center. So to take time out of your life for a day or two and take a long, hard look at you, uh, yes, it does take a certain type of courage. Let me be quite frank. And it does take a little bit of work, but we're experts. So we make it easy. <laughs> we guide you along. We know how to do it. We know what works. So you just have to get on the train with a willingness to to take a look and at yourself and to be a little bit honest with yourself. And, and the rest just happens. In fact, people often say to us, wow, I can't believe that was two days. People are reluctant to take two days out of their life because it's weekends and people love that time with their family and it seems like so such a is, long time. Because so it did say two days and yeah. it said weekend and I kind of thought it's like... Too hard. It's, no, no, no. Oh. I, I thought it was like two days, kind of eight to two. Kind of two days. <laughs> and you go home and you come back again. Yes, no, you do. Is this like a, a retreat? No, away no, no. no. Weekend? No. Is this an eight to five? Yes. Saturday and Sunday? Yes. Oh, really? It really is. And, you know, what, what, when I, I know that people are reluctant to take that sort of time out of their lives. But once we're on the journey, it speeds by so fast. I mean, when we get to the end of day one, people are like, is it five o'clock already? No one can believe it. And as we all know, time flies when you're having fun, not when it's a hideous drag and you're having to, you know, dredge around your darkest, deepest gunk of, you know, the past. So uh, I, I don't want to make it seem like this terrible toil, but Chance, it's not easy. It's, okay, so I'm going to make a commitment to myself and to everybody um, that I really, I, 
When's your next one? Well, we're setting our dates. Actually, my partner and I are getting together tomorrow to finalize our dates. There's been a few, you know, we are attending courses ourselves and there've been a few things going on that have kept us, um, from committing to our dates, but we should be sorting that out this week. So. And are you only in Joburg? We at this stage are only in Joburg, yes. And how does one get hold of? So if you go to futureredesign.com, um, all the details are there. The, it's online registration. It's really, really easy. And our contact details are there. So that's probably the easiest way. Future redesign. So if you want to redesign your future and you want to get to a different place to where you are now and you want some tools and some guidance on how to get there, then please visit our site. We'd love to have you on. So there's some, um, Life purpose. That's always my favorite thing. When I see stuff about life purpose, I always want to know what, but I'm, I could talk about this forever and ever and ever. I'm going to give you a, a second to catch your breath. Let us <laughs> off, and when we come back, we're going to chat a, a little bit about that. Okay, great. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Yeah, we're keeping it real. I'm Pubi Mashiko and you're listening to Womandla and I'm speaking with Bronwyn Middendorp and we're talking about future redesign. And more important, I also like that it says accelerate your journey to freedom. Yes. We're talking about if if you're still hanging on to those New Year's resolutions, here's another way that you can make sure that that journey takes you to the place that you wanted to take you. You can talk to us, call us on 0861-555-189 or you can Handle us on the handle at cliffcentral.com on Twitter or at pumemashoko1 or at Bronwyn. You might have to spell that for some people. Oh, M-I-D-D-E-N-D-O-R-P. Middendorp. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, WeChat. Hit us up. Tell us about your journey. Tell us about um, what your blockages have been if you found them. And... Just before we went to go listen to Lupe Fiasco, Kick and Push, that's my uh, soundtrack for the beginning of the year, always, because I think every year, every beginning of the year is about this kick, push to get going. (laughs) (laughs) No, it certainly is. And this year has just kind of started at at a frenetic pace. I know. So the stress has very quickly gone. This morning when I was driving to school, I just thought to myself, oh, it's so great. The traffic's not here yet. Clearly all those great ones in their SUVs haven't found this route. <laughs> it was really, and, and I just, and as I was driving, was thinking about what's on your side, about the fact that human beings are not designed for like elongated periods of stress. No. And kind of trying to find a handle. Yes. Stress. Yes. So this is one other. So your stress workshops. We've spoken about the two-day workshop yes. um, that you have on the on the way. Yes. The stress workshop. Well, as you as you say, you know, our bodies, as a as a, a system, are not designed to cope with the relentless, ongoing stress that we face today. Our bodies were designed to cope with a, a there's a lion stress, you know, of let me get the hell up a tree ASAP. So unfortunately, the lives that we lead today, people are stressed on an ongoing basis. So they're sitting in traffic, they're stressed. 
deadlines at work, finances. Do people like me, my show? Exactly. Are people liking my status updates on Facebook. <laughs> I know how many likes I can prove it if they do or don't. You know, it is, the stress goes on and on. I don't like my boss. Am I going to have enough money? Can I send my children to the right school? It's just when I come back, I have to do homework. Yes. Exactly. And cook. And is it a healthy meal? It goes and on. And I have to be sexy for my husband <laughs> or my boyfriend. And I have to be a good friend. And I can't. It's a lot. I think it's a lot. It's a lot. It's exhausting. Just listing it right now. You know, I, I actually feel my heart rate go up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. And our actual physiologically, we're not designed to cope with that. And our, our, um, adrenal system, which is what the system that's engaged when we are stressed gets burnt out. So again, we, we teach people some wonderful techniques for dealing with stress. And in fact, I'd like to share with your listeners a very quick and easy little technique that really is helpful. And that is just simply to put your hand on your forehead when you're feeling stressed, because what that does is when we're stressed, the blood drains out of our brains and into our limbs so that we can literally get ready for fight or flight. Because if I'm going to punch you or if I'm going to turn around and run away, either way, I need my blood and my energy supply in my arms and in my legs. So the brain, we don't really need to think too much. So the blood supply just empties out of our brain. So when people are very stressed and they're saying, I can't think straight, they're right. They can't because the blood has gone to their limbs. So, so this very simple little technique of putting your hand on your forehead brings the blood supply back to that part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is where we're able to make uh, creative decisions. So it helps us to look at our problem in a more creative way instead of that knee-jerk uh, survival mode. It takes us out of that. So there's a little uh, technique that I absolutely love from kinesiology that can be used immediately. And in fact, often we do it intuitively. You'll see somebody who's just got some bad news sort of holding their head, you know, and, and there's a reason for that. So it's a wonderful technique that we can use on the go. And this is what I love about our course and about kinesiology is it's practical. You know, it's, it's wonderful to have all these ideas, but what we really need is techniques that we can use on the go so that we can calm down our system and make, you know, come back to earth and, and make decisions based on what's really going to work as opposed to a knee-jerk reaction. And we do a lot of knee-jerk stuff. You know, I'm sure everyone can relate to that, you know, clapping the ant with a sledgehammer and thinking, ooh, you know, why did I do that? I meant to be so much more mature. And um, Yeah, I didn't mean to say all those things at the same time. <laughs> but just, you know, and, and as, and I think one of the things for me, I'm a lists person. Yes. I was just on my Facebook the other day because I was busy writing a list. I'm a lists person. So I love the idea of the beginning of the year yes. task list. Yes. This year I'm going to eat better. This year I'm going to, you know, go yes. on a holiday every midterm break, whatever. You yes. Know, I love that listing and creating a task for well, myself. But I think the bigger thing of it, and, and which is why when I was reading up on the stuff that you do, when I saw the, um, the stuff about the life purpose, because I think that's, that's why we do that. Yes. To kind of give ourselves a bit of purpose. Yes. To feel like I'm not going to be in a rat race this year. Yes. How, how does kinesiology and, and all the work that you do 
combine to get to that sense of life purpose? Because that's a big one, hey. Well, you know, Pumi, what you, what you're describing, you know, with lists, I, I would call that goals. It's setting goals. And we do set goals in our workshops because it's really, really important. It's important to know where you want to go. And it's important to know why you want to get there because it's a fact that we really only achieve the goals that are in alignment with our, our values. So if this is really important to me, my chances of achieving this goal are much higher than if it's like, oh, I should be doing this because everybody else is. Do you know what I mean? That's not really such a big motivator. So setting goals is very important for setting our course because it, th- th- this is what's defining where we're heading. It helps us because then we make decisions that are in alignment with that goal of where we want to be. Does um, having, you know, a, a bag of chips, a snicker and a Coke – uh, at lunchtime when I'm in a hurry and I'm hungry, does that support me in my long-term goal? Probably not. So when we have clear goals, we can plan and um, gear ourselves towards them. So I think goal setting is really, really important, and it's a big element of what we do because – you, you know, you need to define where you're going. And in terms of the life purpose, a lot, a lot of my clients have told me they, they're not happy in their work. They don't enjoy what they're doing and they don't want to spend their whole lives stuck in a job that they don't like. So to, but again, when we, when we're putting everybody else first and everything else first and in our little rat race, we lose sight of our inner voice and our inner calling and our inner wishes. So when we look after ourselves and we nurture ourselves, that little voice that's telling us, oh, I'd really love to work with animals or, oh, I'd love to do design or whatever it is, we can start to hear it a little bit more. So it's the the, the life purpose um uh, w- workshop is about helping people to distill what it is that really brings them pleasure and what it is that brings them joy and how that could be something that they could use to generate an income and to, you know, um, a way to live their lives. I love those words, pleasure and joy. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked down underneath the desk here and I just saw a scale. Oh. And underneath the desk in the studio, there's a scale. And I'm like horrified right this morning. <laughs> I'm wondering if people have been like running secret missions of like weighing people as they come in here. I don't even know if it works, but I think I'm, I, I really would like to set myself that challenge and I'm, I'm going to, ooh, I don't know. I'm putting it out here. I'm putting, okay. Putting it out here. I'm putting it out here with all of you because this is a loving space. This is a wonderful, empowering environment for everybody that listens to the show that I'm going to take this challenge on. I'm going to try it out. Great. My goal may be the jumpsuit. I don't know if it'll still be there, but (laughs) yes, but, but I, I I like, I like it because I've I've kind of, I don't know what it's about, but I think it would be an interesting journey. It is a journey because actually it's interesting because at the beginning we ask people, what is your goal? What is your goal in terms of your weight, in terms of your body? And usually it's something like, I want to lose it's a, it's usually that sort of number. I want to lose X many kilos. And often by the end... It's so should I buy the jumpsuit and bring it with me? Well, <laughs> Is that a good goal to have, tangible? Well, 
You see, it depends. It depends because sometimes that, that could, for one person that could be a stressor. For another person it could really be a motivator. But when you look at the whole, at the whole subject a bit more deeply, you may want to redefine your goal. You may not. You may want to stick with your weight and that's absolutely fine. There's no problem then. We'll give you tools to get there for sure. But I notice that often people change their goals towards, I want to be more loving towards myself and more accepting of myself and kinder to myself. So it goes, you know, it's sort of, it can, not to say it will, but it can move away from that. I have to lose, you know, X many kilograms to something a bit more generous and a bit more loving and a bit more kind towards oneself, which I think leads to the weight loss naturally. Yeah. Actually, because when I'm feeling good about myself and when I'm feeling kind towards myself, I, I don't have to eat the same way that I do when I'm not feeling great about myself. I'm trying to figure that out. I, I really am trying to figure that because I, I'm like, I love myself. But yes. I also love the food. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And, yeah. and again, it could, it could be certain stresses that are, you know, that you may love yourself. And that's wonderful. And I'm really happy to hear that because that's a challenge a lot of people face. So that you've over that hurdle, you're A for away. Um, so, you know, it just could be other stresses. It would be interesting for you to notice when you want to eat. What are the triggers that make you think, I need to eat, you know, what just happened in my life that has sparked this urgent eat, you know, need to eat. So that is okay. I thank you, thank you, Brandon, for coming. Thank you. You're for welcome. So thank much. you for having me. Future redesigned, and I'm going to take everybody along with me on on redesigning this jumpsuit future (laughs) that's looming out there. I may have to put, I'm going to put a picture of it. I'm going to put a picture of this jumpsuit (laughs) on my my Facebook or something. And and you can see if it's worth it. But I'm definitely going to take this challenge on. Well done. And go on this journey. Yay. Take everybody along with me. Fantastic. As I look out the window, nobody looked in my direction out the window when I spoke about that scale. But I do see Cindy Fansale, who's the doctor, coming on next. And we're going to end the show with one of my newfound favorite songs which is appropriately named I Love Myself by Kendrick Lamar. Wonderful. I'm and you've been listening to Womanda here on atcliffcentral.com where on radio uncensored uncut. See you again next week.